0: There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the Lead with Empower podcast. Season two, again, uh, I feel like we're on a hot streak right now. We have another great guest this week. Um, Our guest is the athletic director of Lime, Old Lime Schools here in Connecticut. She's also a fellow graduate of Springfield College, same time, same place back in the day. Today we have on Hildy Heck, again, Athletic Director from Lime Old Lime Schools in Connecticut. Hildy, what's going on? How are you? Thanks for coming hey, on today.
1: How are you?
0: You know, doing well, living the dream, trying to, you know, stay out of trouble and stay safe.
1: Yes, exactly. We all are right now.
0: <laughs> yep, That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> before we get into the the meat and potatoes of our conversation overall just how are you how are your your you know family friends are, are healthy are, are we in good uh, good shape good spirits right now
1: yeah everyone's doing great you know we take one day at a time like everybody else and everyone's healthy and doing well i haven't seen people in a long time but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> the beauty is zoom right yeah
1: it's, it's the way the new way of life
0: <laughs> that's right that's right it's funny when this whole thing started it was and i don't know if you had a similar experience but I, I knew very little close to nothing about zoom and this type of conferencing and out of nowhere it was like some high school people or maybe some college people saying hey let's get on a zoom on like a thursday night and have a couple beers together even though yeah. we weren't together so
1: it's actually been great connecting with people who I actually haven't talked to in a long time because now it's like, all of a sudden we have the Zoom. And we're like, wait, why haven't we been doing this all along? Like, right. I've talked to people now over Zoom that I haven't talked to in years because now we just have like this new way of um, communicating. It's pretty yep. cool.
0: <laughs> Saves on gas money, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, immediately at the access. Well, that's good to hear. And, and I think the day at a time approach is probably. I think you could even break it down further. It's like minutes at a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> get through okay. these five minutes and then, and then move yeah. on to the next one. So I think that's the right approach to take so right We
1: celebrate now, the so. end of the day every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for being on. I, in, I know normally, at, I, you know, with a, with a father who was a former athletic director, I know it's a busy schedule. And um, so I appreciate you carving a couple minutes out for us today. Absolutely. So let's get right into it athletics are really competitive right competitively it's been about a little over two weeks since it started
1: yeah and we're, we're cruising right along you know we've got we're up and going um as you know football's not, not um,
0: or kind of <laughs>
1: kind of going yeah we're not it's kind of in this like purgatory um <laughs> but yeah they that was our biggest challenge but um, for us, it was actually probably the easiest in Connecticut because uh, when they regionalized all the, the schools, uh, the Shoreline Conference already is a region, so we got to stay together. So we really just kind of lost our out-of-conference games and had to revise our schedule a little bit. But um, yeah, we're still together. We're playing a lot of the schools that we already normally play. So that that has been one of the nice things about uh, what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> as with everything else being such a challenge
0: is it a normal slate of game like or did you have to cut down the number of games for the sports it's like so across country's live right now soccer yep is there a vol is a volleyball volleyball
1: yep yeah so yeah uh we lost some games um you know normally like volleyball would be 20 games so now this year they're down to they're down to 12 okay so we're playing everybody in our league twice Um, to get the games in and we're going to have like a little mini shoreline tournament at the end with um, all the schools. So a lot shorter season, less games, but just as competitive as I think we usually are. So
0: that's
1: a benefit of
0: it. Will there be, is there going to be any sort of state playoff system or is that all shut down?
1: Yeah, that's all shut down for this fall.
0: Yeah. That sounds about right.
1: Yep. (laughs) So I mean, totally understandable uh, when you spread kids out all over the state and you don't know what's going on in those regions and all that. So everybody's been very understanding about that, which is great.
0: Great. Awesome. And then it's cool that you'll be able to do something more local for the shoreline teams and, and you can still have that. Yeah. That competitive tournament structure and some bragging rights for the athletes at some point. <laughs> right.
1: It keeps them motivated throughout, like, you know, the past few weeks too that we are playing regular season games because it gives them something to look forward to and like where they're going to be seated and everything. So um, it's definitely a motivation factor too for this athletes.
0: Yep. And that was something I recently had um, Jim Hoffer. He's a a division one football coach uh, out at Wake Forest in in Carolina. And that was one of the things we, I asked him specifically to football, like with high school football in Connecticut, not going on, if he had any advice for the high school athletes who maybe are aspiring to move on to the college ranks. And um, that was one of the things he touched on. Like right now there's no, to kind of at the end of the season to be motivated for so you have to almost like create your own benchmarks and kind of lead yourself to them and then when you get there create the new set of benchmarks which is a challenge for high school athletes
1: oh big time so you're always yeah you're always looking for like what's that what's that motivation what's that goal going to look like like so you know each coach has their own little thing that they're motivating their kids with so that's that's what we're looking for right now and that's what our achievements are
0: that's great that's great now tell us a little bit about some of the adjustments from you know the normal like 2019 when you started the fall season versus what it looks like feels like sounds like now and how would you say um my mobile schools has has handled themselves uh, a little assessment a few weeks into the actual season
1: yeah you know i think we're doing great our students want to be here They want to be in school and they want to be playing. So like following the guidelines is, has been fairly simple. Like I'm not having to nag the kids and constantly be, you know, following them around with hand sanitizer and, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so that has probably, that's a bonus. Having the kids that want to be here and want to be, you know, active and being in their sports. So it's definitely been a challenge just in general, making sure that we're, you know, getting everything in that we need, like, the volleyball team has to wear masks all the time. There's no spectators um, at soccer games. You know, everyone that comes has to have a mask on. They can't sit near each other. So just making sure that I have enough staff on, too, to be regulating and following through with, you know, people outside of our school.
0: Yeah.
1: But, you know, we, we're in a good place, though, and everybody's been really understanding, which is awesome and also makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Could be a little bit more turbulent, probably sounds like, yeah. (laughs)
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um, And then, obviously, there's not a ton of travel going on since you're sticking with the shoreline teams. Do you find that that's been consistent, at least in your experience, maybe traveling to, you know, the other schools that um, you're you're competing against? You feel like that's pretty consistent across the board where it's been held to that good standard?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And our league works really well together, too. So the communication about, like, how many kids can travel, how many kids are on a bus, how many kids will show up at your place has been, you know, really good. Yeah. Um, and everybody's really respectful of each other and, like, what their guidelines are. So, you know, I think for us, we're all in a really good place. Um, right. I think our biggest challenge from place to place is, like, allowing other spectators to see it. So like live streaming of games or just posting our games in general. Um, You know, here at Old Line, we're trying our best to live stream everything, but we have our bumps along the way too, whether it's the Wi-Fi or, you know, the other day we had a soccer game and it was super windy and you couldn't hear anything. And, you know, or the sun is like glaring in the camera. So there's like all these new challenges that you never thought of. And you're like, okay. So we just kind of like, We'll
0: do better next time. Yep, that's right, that's right. (laughs) Figuring out a little building the plane while you fly it. (laughs) Yeah. Back, I'm thinking back like in probably, you know, July when, you know, the fall sports are starting to get, there was still quite a bit of uncertainty, right? Oh, yeah. Um, As the, the leader of an athletic department. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the 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 strategies or some of the the tactics you've tried you tried to implement during that time when you didn't have any answers but you you were getting pressed for answers yeah. just give us a little insight into you know I guess that challenge and how you worked your way or navigated your way through it oh
1: yeah well at that point we didn't know whether what we were having we didn't even know if we were going to be in school for that you know for that amount of time <laughs> so it was like um sports was kind of on the back burner like as you know but once we knew that school was going to be in it was like all right full. now it's time to focus on sports and all that but yeah right up into the last hour we weren't even sure we were going to have a fall sports season so really just communicating with the parents and the athletes and especially the coaches um about you know what was going to happen giving information every time we have it or came to us was like the big thing and like as our district, we had decided right off the bat that if even if we didn't have um, games outside of our school, that we were going to run intramural programs yep. um, of some sort so that we would give our kids some type of experience. Great. So I at, I at least had that in my back pocket to help alleviate the we're not going to do nothing, we're going to have something. I just don't know what it's going to look like at this
0: <laughs> point. <laughs> that the kind of somewhat of a button. Not a blind level of trust, but there's a, a high level of trust that we're, listen, we're going to try to make this the best possible scenario that yeah. we can for you. We just don't know what it's going to look like.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, we had a whole committee working on this with coaches and administration, superintendent, our local medical person, like everybody was on this and we're like, we're going to try to make something happen. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're, This is, is this year four, this is year four for you as athletic director?
1: Yeah. Um, year four, I'll be, I started it mid season or mid year. So January will be five.
0: Okay, great. So, and this is, you know, obviously it's a leadership podcast and, and one of the cliches that's always thrown around and I find myself using this, it's, it's easy to lead when things are going well, when you're winning, right. When you're getting good grades, right. It's very easy to do it. Yeah. Show up and take care of it. This year has been the complete opposite of that, right? So oh, yeah. leading in 2020, yeah. especially in this setting where you're working with athletes or student athletes, um, has been a challenge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's more challenging to lead because things aren't necessarily going as well as they would they would have. You know, if there wasn't a pandemic and all this other stuff yeah. going on. What? And then this goes back to March, so we're talking six, yeah. seven months right now, we're getting, you know, yeah. getting deep into it. Hopefully it's the end line soon, but um, for you, particularly as an athletic director, what since March, right. Since they canceled yeah. the most of the end of the winter sports and spring sports and uncertainty of the summer, just give us some thoughts on what, what have been maybe the, you know, one or two biggest, leadership challenges that you have faced as an athletic yes. director and then you know some of the tactics or strategies you've implemented to again try to either work your way through it or over it or around it or just try to minimize the, the challenge as much challenges. as possible
1: you mean so like putting out fires every day <laughs> <laughs> um. No, the leadership wise, the most challenging is like keeping people motivated, whether it's the coaches, like having such like, not negative attitudes, but just having that like, black cloud over their heads of like, doom is coming, like, they're not going to have a season, the season's going to look awful, it's not going to be anything like it used to be. So like, keeping the coaches motivated and looking forward to whatever type of season that um, they are going to have or would have. Um, Back in March, when there was no spring, and coaches aren't getting paid, you know, trying to keep them like, you know, motivated or helping their help them keep their kids motivated to just be like conditioning at home and like doing stuff that, you know, keeps them mentally um, healthy, too, because, you know, they had their, some of them live for those spring sports. So all of a sudden, they got wiped away. So really the support part of it, and helping them you know, get on those Zooms and those meetings and talking to the kids where they can't. So a lot of, for leadership wise, a lot of it was just motivating and coming up with ways to help my coaches and the athletes, like, not feel like their lives were over.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which I think is it brings up uh, an not an interesting point, but a critical part of leadership is the ability to develop the relationships, right, amongst the people that you're leading or the team of you know the team. Um, Describe in 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 your words what the importance of relationships in leadership means to you.
1: A lot of trust, you know. um, For me, having coaches that you know trust me, I trust them. Um, I use Um, it's going to be weird I don't use them but like the I have a leadership group of students that I work with um, pretty regularly and during the whole pandemic like meeting with them as much as I could virtually just to help them keep their teammates um, motivated and doing stuff as well Um, but like them knowing that I'm there for them and you know they can come to me with issues or you know just to vent about something or help them, you know, with issues that they're having, just having that trust that I'm here for them and knowing that I'm going to support them in whatever they need, whether it's the coach or the athletes or whatever. So I think trust is huge in that, you know, that leadership part and um, having them know that I'm here for them.
0: Yeah. Great. Awesome. And then I've, you know, I've known you as a, as a college student. And then we, I, we see, we see each other here and again, uh, during, during some events that might take place down at, uh, particularly the middle school there. Yeah. Um, you're an active individual. Obviously you're you know former PE teacher, you're into athletics, yeah. you, you run, how hard was it for you to go from like, games all the time kind of on the go on the go and then all of a sudden it's like nope gotta work from home can't go outside how challenging was that for you personally
1: yeah very huge struggle I wasn't used to sitting in front of a computer like that as much as I was I was literally like you know as you know I'm active like you said I'm out like I look forward to those games starting after school and just be out walking around checking on like how things are going and seeing the kids playing and moving around. And so all of a sudden I'm like, find myself sitting in front of a computer. So it was like, I was literally setting alarms on my phone, like get up and walk. It's time to move. Like (laughs) you're sitting too much. It's like your hamstrings are like killing you because you're in a sitting position all the time. So (laughs) yeah, big challenge, but you know, (laughs) definitely, definitely got through it. Um, had to find different ways to make myself get up and be that, typical moving around like I usually
0: do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and it must have been brutal too. Like norm as an athletic director you go through kind of your your 9 to 5 quote-unquote responsibilities and then I mean on average throughout the year probably eight nights a week <laughs> there's games and there's different yeah. things going on and and suddenly I mean that had to be tough too in the evening where the the day the day work responsibilities yeah, stop and normally kind of you'd end. be traveling and that what how did you? How did you go about <laughs> filling that suddenly available time that never is available for an yeah. athletic director? <laughs>
1: um, I did a lot of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I uh, yeah tried a lot new new recipes. Started eating a lot healthier because of it. Uh, yeah, there's I found all of a sudden I went from like you know packing my lunches for the whole week to like trying out new recipes every day. It was you know, it It's actually, that part was actually really enjoyable because it was a whole new thing that I had never even had before. So yeah.
0: <laughs> shiny new toy, free time yeah. in the evening. I
1: was like, Oh my God, I actually do know how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. And th- th- I'm going to put you on the hot seat right here. What if you like out of all those new, out of all the new recipes that you tried, which one is the one that sticks out to you? Like, this is in the regular rotate. Like, this is something I would feed guests.
1: Before, I, ha- I have to say, I started making this new, like, taco bowl um, with a new seasoning that I came up with. I have to say that would be the one that keeps coming back. That's
0: the winner. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is good. We all, you got to veer off track every once in a while. On these yeah, things, right?
1: So <laughs> That's
0: what keeps us sane. That's right. That's right. That's right. So if you're looking for any interesting recipes, we'll make sure uh, you can could, you could tweet at Hilde. Uh, she's uh, she's on Twitter. She'll, she'll share her secrets okay. with you. Newfound spice rub oh, for yeah. the taco bowl. Oh, yeah. Got all a whole bunch of them. <laughs> um, all right. So covered a lot of the current stuff right now, we're going to backtrack a little bit. You're, you know, Springfield College, they're, um, I'll say the years. were are the same, you know, 98 to 02. <laughs> I'm oh, uh, letting yeah. the cats out of the bag here. <laughs> what, what was it about Springfield that um, inspired you to, to choose to go there as a, as a student? Like, it feels like 50 yeah. years ago now. It does feel old.
1: like a long yeah. time. Although I know there's people out there that'd be like, it's not that long ago. <laughs> um, but it does feel like a long time. Um, I knew from the day I stepped on that campus, that's where I wanted to go. Um, when I was back in high school, I didn't want to apply anywhere else. That was where I wanted to go. So I just felt at home. It was kind of like, it was me when I was there. So, you know, built around athletics. Like you go into the, you know, the cafeteria and they have ESPN on. How can yeah. you not love that? <laughs> 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 so, and just like the leader, like, I love the, and you know, you felt right, you know, you're right into it, but the, like the leadership stuff and how they help you develop as a leader. Like I loved that. And you heard that right from the day you step on campus for your first tour, you know they talk about that, and so it it just called me
0: yeah and then what um what what were you involved with there at during your four years of undergrad time
1: <laughs> so you mean what wasn't I involved in that would probably be easier. <laughs> <laughs> now so i I played field hockey and I ran track, so that alone kept me pretty damn busy but i was I was part of um I was the secretary of our class for a long time, and I was on a lot of the different, um, you know, activity boards and all that. And of course, you know, freshman camp—gotta yep. love that. <laughs> <laughs> I went, I went three years in a row.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I think I think I did, did the same, or maybe four. I don't know. I forget what yeah. it was, but yeah, it was, that, that was a, probably one of my favorites uh, looking back on it.
1: It, it was a good time and I think I, I developed a lot of my leadership skills just from you know one being a camper and then being able to go the mo- other years after that and yep. um, be a counselor so
0: what was your in, in your work at technically it's outdoor pursuits they don't call it yeah, outdoor pursuits anymore, right <laughs> what, what, <laughs> when you went back to work what was uh, what were your assignments do you remember what your assignments were oh, cooking cooking <laughs> <laughs> we're coming full circle we're only on for a couple minutes here we're, we already completed the circle
1: <laughs> yeah no i was i mean not the kind of cooking i do in my kitchen but you know gotta love those dutch ovens that you buried right. in the ground
0: <laughs> i did not do cooking when i was working there i think i was more of a maintenance guy that was my uh, my my yeah. role in the camp operation
1: I don't even know how that ever came about where I was doing cooking, because that was definitely not my strong suit when I was in college.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take a guess. No, knowing knowing Ted France, right? <laughs> I'm going to say it was, oh, I I like this student, good personality. Yeah. That seems like a good spot, you know? <laughs>
1: that seems like a good fit.
0: Get her like, involved she'll, somewhere.
1: you will learn it along the way.
0: <laughs> That's right. And I joke, but that one of the things looking back on it, and this has come up in other um, podcast interviews with uh, other Springfield grads, I, I look back on it now, and there were so many things during the four years there where they kind of, to us, it felt like they were just like throwing us to the wolves, throwing us into the fire. It was like, figure it out. But, you know, in hindsight, you look back and like, ah, oh, we had what we needed in support, yeah. but it really was that like experiential, learning oh. side of Springfield College that to me sticks with me the most now as you know someone who's hasn't been there for a long time as a student yeah. so.
1: <laughs> it makes you like it you you learn Yep. you know you're not having someone do it for you
0: yeah as a PE major it was like you're teaching like two, <laughs> two kids the two young young kids that that were like four three or four years old like literally If it wasn't day one, it was day two. Yeah. And it was right out of the gate. They were like, is this for you? (laughs) And you figure it out, you know?
1: Yeah. I could just, I I wish I could go back and just see my face the first day when they're like, yeah, you need a lesson plan for tomorrow because you have this kid. And you're like, oh,
0: okay. Yep. Yep. Here we go. Make your, bring your yarn ball that you made. And you have to have like a 15 minute lesson with this one-to-one. And it was like, oh my goodness, what am I getting myself into?
1: Yep. Oh yeah.
0: But that was... You know, looking back on it, that was, I think, to me, what made it great was yeah. it wasn't just reading out of a book and passing a test and you have your degree no. and, and go take on the world, kid. It yeah. it truly was experiences where we fell flat on our faces sometimes oh, yeah. and we learned from it and got better. And, um, you know, it sticks with you much longer, I think, that way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Definitely hands-on approach.
0: <laughs> 100%. 100%. But-
1: we were all in it together though, and I think that helped.
0: <laughs> it absolutely, absolutely did. It wasn't a, a solo mission for sure. Um, well, back back to I think your involvement. So field hockey, which is especially is a challenging sport as a yeah. PE major, we had to take all those classes with Daddy. I was lucky enough. <laughs> Coach Z was on a sabbatical and we had one of her grad assistants that the the semester I took that class because every buddy that we talked to said coach Zanotti runs it like it's the legitimate uh, practice. practice like drilling you running you <laughs> and then it was like go sit in psychology like dripping sweat on your desk oh, yeah. um uh,
1: so you missed out on being a ball boy for the field hockey team I
0: I did I did <laughs> We had one of our grad students and it was, uh, by all accounts, it was a little bit easier than when, yeah. uh, coach, coach Dottie taught it. <laughs> and I'm left-handed. There's no left-handed oh, sticks God, in that game, which yeah, it made no sense to me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we get back on track. So you're two sport athlete involved in a ton of clubs, extracurriculars, Yeah. time management, right? So that to me is, and then, I, you know, you're a better student than I was. And that's not saying much, but, um, How'd you, (laughs) how'd you go about managing like all of that stuff to still, you know, I think as Springfield would say, the, the, leaving there with the well-rounded spirit, mind and body education.
1: Yeah. Um, like you said, time management is definitely key. I, um, in addition to all my extra, (laughs) my extra (laughs) groups and stuff that I was part of, I, I was, um, of security too. I don't know if you remember that. I worked in Gulick. the the freshman dorm that's right (laughs) yeah so a a couple nights a week I would be sitting at that table checking freshmen in and I was an RA so I had some time to uh do my work
0: Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know so um yeah I had to use the times that I was working to also be getting stuff done as well so you know all the required um study halls and stuff for sports definitely helped
0: yeah
1: I'd have to say uh Track was a little bit more supportive than uh, field hockey when it came to having time and being flexible, but um, the coaches were good about it too. So that you know that helps. And all the times underneath the townhouses in the weight room.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, the old weight room. I forgot about that. yeah. I thought that was great too and and during my two years of football the first year was like mandatory study halls every night and it's like god I don't want to go but then you look back and you're like they knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah (laughs) you're like okay that was actually probably pretty beneficial.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thinking back it's been a while but is there a person a group of people or an experience that you can look back on now that really inspired you and shaped who you currently are as an athletic director, as a leader of a, a department at, at Lime Old Lime Schools?
1: Mm. I knew that, actually my roommate was a PE teacher and I I originally went in as sports management.
0: Oh, I do not uh, know that, okay.
1: Yeah, I was sports management. And it's funny because my, uh, my roommate my freshman year was a, um, in PT. But then when, you know, after that, you end up living with everybody. And um, I started like loving the, the, um, the PE stuff of it. And I really challenged in the management part of like the economics and the accounting. And I was like, well, this is not what I want to be doing. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to be an athletic director from high school because I loved my high school athletic director. And I always was like, oh, I want I want to do what she does. And I really thought sports management was the key to that. And so, you know, back then I was young and just assumed that's what you had to do. And then obviously it's no, you have to go into education and then you work your way up, um, which I probably should have done more research on way back when. But yeah, I switched uh, my sophomore year into PE uh, mainly because I saw what my roommates were doing and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then I was like, yeah, teaching is definitely way more fun than, you know, running numbers and accounting.
0: <laughs> Excel <laughs> spreadsheets, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> And so I, I have to say, like, just like seeing what people around me were doing and just like realizing that I was not meant to sit in an office, you know, running numbers and doing paperwork and doing that. And yeah, that's part of a job of an athletic director, but there's so much more to it. So yeah. Um, the background I got in those classes absolutely helps and supports what I do, but the teaching is definitely my love and the way I definitely should have gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got there. It just took an extra, you know, yeah, extra you, know time it, that you got there.
1: Take some people a little longer than others. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so. You finish up in Springfield. There was a couple of years at Southern Connecticut State University after that. And then you land your your first PE health gig at Classical yeah. Magnet in Hartford.
1: Yeah. Now
0: I think Springfield does a tremendous job preparing you for that first bit of employment. But yeah. No matter how great of an education we receive, there's things that are like, what? No, there was, this wasn't in any book. Yeah. So in your early, like your first couple of years of actually teaching, being in the field, what was the thing that you felt like you were most prepared for, most confident in? And then the converse of that, what was the thing that was like, what? No one taught us this. No one told us yeah. about this. And how'd you get well, through that?
1: I can tell you what the biggest challenge was and how I had to overcome it because I got the position and luckily I worked with Marco Tirillo also a Springfield grad yep. <laughs> so I got right in there so the two of us were like you know buddies right off the bat like so um, yeah I went for my interview at Classical wearing a hard hat Um, the school was just being built
0: come on
1: yep so my first year and a half teaching we did not have a gym and we were in the down to, like right in the center of Hartford so it's not right. like you have you know all these parks and places to go outside either like no you we had a parking lot outside and no gym inside so that's one thing springfield did like prepare you for though is to be flexible and learn how to adapt and create things yeah so like yeah you're not going to be able to play soccer but we're going to play you know super fantastic speedball <laughs> who knows what that is only me because i just made it up <laughs> I love it. (laughs) You know, so like, yeah, definitely coming up with like new games and having like that background was definitely the benefit that I took from, you know, my uh, undergraduate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what was the one thing in this? like just from an overall like you know managing a classroom whatever you know whatever you can choose but what was the one thing that you were just like shocked and like not necessarily prepared for and you just had to get get the experience to really become better at it
1: yeah I would you know this sounds awful but um like just being in the inner city in general and not having a lot of the equipment and supplies and all that like you're you definitely have, it's a whole new world. At Springfield, it was like we had closets of stuff, Every, remember? Anything
0: we wanted, yeah. Everything
1: and everything you wanted, you had, and we could play any game that, you know, could be imaginable. So all of a sudden, when you're in an inner city and you have, you know, just a couple of balls and, you know, not as much equipment, you're making a lot of yarn balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Please tell me you made your own yarn balls for that first gig. Absolutely. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> um that i do and i i vividly remember and it was it was teddy's uh, class his teaching methods class where he's like here's the keys to the equipment closet and it was like oh you know heaven yeah being a you I know growing up things. as a gym rat too like to have the key to the equipment room to me yeah. was like there wasn't anything better and yeah. then it's like pre- christmas every day yep <laughs> and then you're not only going to a school that maybe you know funding wise and because of location is doesn't have a lot of the resources, obviously, that at the college had, but also it's a brand new school.
1: Yeah. A lot of challenges the first couple of years, but we made it work, and you know, I, I love it. I wouldn't change that experience for the world.
0: And you were there
1: 11 years. 11
0: years, yeah. What's something from those 11 years that you feel like is, like, one- quality or characteristic that maybe you developed over that time that has stuck with you uh, when you made the transition to be become an athletic director
1: yeah uh, it's probably something I missed the most um especially in the position that I'm in now is I don't have is like when I was at classical not only was I teaching but I was also coaching yeah. all three seasons cross country indoor and outdoor and um the connection I had with the kids And, you know, always being with them and learning about them and, you know, whether it was, you know, just being their teacher or their coach, or some days it felt like being their parent. Like, I miss that. Yeah. You know, so that was definitely something I took from um, classical that, you know, I have connections with the kids and the coaches here too, but it's just, it's not the same when you're not, you know, right in the mix with the kids all the time.
0: Yeah. You have to work a little bit harder, I think, like to build those connections in this spot now.
1: Yes yeah they don't come quite as easy anymore, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what was the biggest thing that in your own leadership of a classroom or as a coach, what would you feel like was the big the thing that improved the most over those eleven years at classical?
1: Oh, well, when I first got to classical, I was a hothead, so <laughs> as I, as most of us probably are when we first get a job, you know we we rule the world, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So um, yeah, I think just like the maturity wise and like learning that not everything is that important, yeah. you know, like learning that it's, it's okay to do things wrong. Sometimes
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you kind of, you, you learn from your mistakes and you move on. And um, when the kids, you know, don't, aren't perfect, it's okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah, I want it, you know, my first year kids are going to be perfect, my class is going to be perfect, and it's like, no, lessons are not always perfect, kids are not always perfect, but, and you just kind of learn, like, to relax, and, you know, go with it.
0: Focus, yeah, focus on the things that are truly important, and, and those other things that can't let them weigh (laughs) you down. It's, it's funny, like, yeah, I, 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 again, remember that going into my first teaching gig, and it's like, oh, this is a great first day, uh, the students i'm told here are going to be dynamite and then eight like eight seconds into the first class and you're like oh what is going on <laughs> you have kids doing
1: cartwheels in the corner and you're like what is happening
0: <laughs> equipment everywhere and it's like all right let's uh let's try to dial this thing in and get something done today <laughs> i call
1: it it's organized chaos
0: <laughs> yes yes and i always laughed at not all classroom teachers or academic teachers made comments like this but there were always some that like oh you're just a gym teacher it's such an easy gig and i'm like come in and spend 10 minutes and yeah. let me know how you do with 32 volleyballs flying at close range Every behind you yeah <laughs> and tell me how oh, you this feel is after normal. that <laughs> <laughs>
1: What do you mean? Oh, like, man. A teacher calls out sick and they don't know what to do with the class. Oh, just send them to the gym. Yeah, I can oh, yeah, take our 90 kids. I got this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like those days, it's just don't let anybody get hurt, right? Yeah. It, it becomes just like a sur- complete yeah. survival. We
1: will survive. <laughs> it's like you're just watching the clock. Like, I can get to the end of the day and not have <laughs> a kid get hurt. That's a win.
0: Just- that's yeah. a win. Go home satisfied and feeling accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> um 2016. So after your eleven years in the classroom, quote unquote, 2016, you make the jump from phys ed health teacher to athletic director. Why? Why?
1: Um, I mean, looking way back, I had always, that's what I, my dream had always been. Um, I love athletics. I was always in high school as a three sport athlete, college, two sport athlete, like thats It was kind of like my life. So I always knew that's where I kind of wanted to end up. And clearly I'm not going to be a professional athlete. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so what's the next best thing? Organize it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but that's kind of where my dream was always to end up going in that direction. And when I even when I was at classical, um, our athletic director stepped down uh, the year before um, I left and um, I had taken over that role there as well. Um, So I was in in an athletic director role in Hartford. It's a little bit different than a lot of other schools around the state. especially since teaching a full load, trying to be an athletic director. And yeah. yes, I was still coaching. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my, my life was that. And, um, you know, I, I knew that I always wanted to go into this um, direction of my life. So, um, and line was like the perfect fit. It was very similar to what I had gone through in my high school career. Um, and it was also close to home because it's where I live. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> That is a perfect segue because I was going to ask you what the draw was to, to Lime Old Lime schools, but there you go. Got it covered. Yeah.
1: Boom. It I, the town I lived in right here, very similar, you know, to what I had gone through. So yeah, that was it. Um, Wait, so you,
0: are you telling me you commuted from Old Lyme to Hartford for 11 years? I did. Wow. That's a challenge yeah. in and of itself right there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, a lot of debriefing going on in the car. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Uh, um a lot of late nights and yep. you know you get out of a track meet and have to drive home yeah
0: in indoor too right it is in indoor track I think my brother Greg ran at Xavier for like a season and we were forced yeah. to go to one of his meets and it was
1: yeah like eight hours long
0: <laughs> oh my goodness and just in a cramped space and yeah, yeah. so that one uh uh-huh. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Honestly, I'm not sure how I did it.
0: <laughs> grind it out. That was it. Grind it yeah. out.
1: Uh, you know, you just become like a workhorse. It's like, do it. <laughs> it is what it is.
0: <laughs> so a similar question, you know, about the transition from college to the first teaching gig. Um, thinking about, thinking back to the, you know, 2016, when you started at, at, at Lime Old Lime, what was something you feel like you were most prepared for um, in the jump from the classroom to to becoming an athletic director, and what was something that surprised you that you felt like you were not very prepared for and you had to really work work through and, and build up that skill?
1: yeah, um I think like the the connections with the coaches and stuff like I came out right off the bat I um you know wanted to meet with the coaches and get to know them and you know realize, like make them realize that I was here for them yep. Um, and I think that was like definitely something I was prepared for. And I think they appreciated the way I came in and um, kind of fit into that role. Um, you know, in, in Hartford and even throughout student teaching and stuff like that, you don't have a lot of um, interaction with the parents,
0: mm-hmm.
1: especially when I was in Hartford, there wasn't a whole lot of parent involvement. And that was, a ch- I will say that was a challenge when I came to o Um And it's not that. I didn't want to communicate with the parents. It was just something new to me, and it was yeah. something I had to learn that I needed to be more communicative, and I needed to make sure I was getting more information out than I had been used to. Um, so that was definitely um, something I worked through, and I think I do a good job now. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was that was like I went from not having that to all of a sudden being like, oh wow, parents really do want to be involved and really you know want to know what's going on all the time and um, whether it was to help or just be able to be there and support and stuff like that. It was like, I had to be there for them as well. So yeah. no, we have great parents here and super supportive of the programs that we have. And um, I think they've probably made it a lot easier um, for me because they are so supportive of the yeah. programs. So I've been lucky in that sense.
0: That's great. What, what, <sighs> obviously and there's, there's statistics out there and I don't know the numbers, but like the, the percentage of high school athletes that go on to play competitively at college. And then, you know, competitively at a, at a professional level for a career is, is, you know, slim to none, right. Especially out of Connecticut. It's not yeah, it's
1: like 1% in the state or something like a breeding that breeding
0: <laughs> ground for like professional <laughs> athletes. Yeah. What do you hope, you know, a lime old line student athlete when they're done with their four years at the high school, what do you hope they take away from your, athletic program beyond the the on the field stuff because that that stuff ends right we all have to retire from competitive athletics at some point (laughs) what do you hope your your student athletes kind of take away from the athletic program there
1: you know like for probably very similar to to me like when when your seasons end is like looking back like the friendships that you build is like i find that to be huge like the kids and i i work with um you know each of the teams too and like how to work through issues and like how to stay motivated and you know all that kind of stuff and i hope that that follows them you know past high school and those who do get to go off and play in college and stuff like that that they can take that kind of stuff with them but like the friendships and having fun and enjoying their time is something that i hope that when i have an athlete that graduates that they can look back at whatever seasons or seasons that they played and be like i had a
0: good time yeah great awesome and I like the fact too you threw in there that there's some, you know, I guess skill building involved in your program that goes above and beyond that particular sport that can apply yeah. in the classroom or just in life in general. And that's yeah, you know, sport can be a vehicle to learn a lot if yeah. used use the right way I guess or co- yeah. coach the right way. Yep, absolutely. So speaking of coaching, yes, in in <laughs> all of your spare time, you're you're a running coach as well.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, why not? What the heck, right? <laughs> why
1: not throw that in there?
0: <laughs> Give yeah. a, um, so you know, it, I'm glad the podcast that we don't use, we don't use video for a reason. I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not the fit athlete <laughs> I once was, but you know, I, I look I'm not much of a runner, and I joke I have a couple other friends that coach track and field and cross country, and I'll I'll send them a text that's just like. And again, this is not a knock. This is a friend to friend, some <laughs> gentle ribbing right here. But I'll send a text saying like, "Left, right, left, right, left, right" as fast as you can, and and he's like, "You're a jerk," you know. And he'll yeah. send something smart. There's so back much more me. to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, obviously, there's levels of conditioning, and there are, there is some tactical skill building in in, in coaching running. But I, I would envision a lot of it is you know, the between the ears type of stuff. Is that, is that a fair a assessment of, or? Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially in the running sports, like mentally getting students prepared for competition or, you know, even when I say competition, it might not even be a competition against an opponent. It might be competition against their own times,
0: Yep.
1: Um, you know, mentally getting them there. And like, you get kids that have a bad day and they show up to your practice and they're just like, we've all been there it's like I don't want to practice today and it's like you can kind of go through the motions and hide when you're on a team sport but when you're out there just running like you can't really hide
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's right there
1: (laughs) yeah the the clock doesn't lie
0: (laughs) so when we when we work with like younger students one of the when we define leadership for them. And and we break it up into levels in our work with empower and and level one is what we consider leadership of self. So like that ability to coach yourself through challenge, adversity, fear and temptation. Right. And it's kind of that baseline level. How, as a running coach, What are some strategies or some, yeah, I guess some strategies that you've implemented to help an athlete realize like, yeah, I recognize you had a rough day, Mm -hmm. but this is what needs to be done because, and how have you helped them develop that such an important skill, the ability to kind of coach yourself through challenge. What are some strategies that you've used to help athletes kind of develop that capacity to not just turn it off because they had a crappy day?
1: You know, for like, For us, like, um, I was always very hard on my athletes as still, you know, Um, but like leaving, leaving whatever's bothering them at the door when they show up to practice, that this is a start of a new time in their day. You know, Um, this isn't a place to be negative. It's a place to set a goal, whether it's a goal for, you know, their next meet or a goal for the end of that practice. Like, what am I going to get out of this practice? And set those, like, little goals just for the day and, like, making sure that they know that when they come to practice, whatever happened earlier in the day, just let it go. Let this be the place that they can kind of forget about it, not worry about it. You know, it's not going to go away right away. So if there's something that you have to deal with, you can deal with it later. It does, you know, this is the time for you to focus on you and not worry about what's going on outside of, you know, school or family or whatever that, you know, just like allowing them to have that relief and that place where they kind of let go of everything for a little while. So just reminding them all the time of that and then setting those little goals for the practice, you know, like, okay, yeah, you had a a crappy day. We're not going to think about that right now. We're going to think about, you know, what you can do today to improve. And, you know, you we will deal with that later and talk about it or whatever. And, you know, a lot, you know, it kind of worked too, because it, they always say that, you know, exercise is a good stress reliever. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, this is, that, that was my opportunity to give them something to help relieve that stress.
0: Great. So. And I love, you touched on, I like the idea of having these almost like micro goals, like instead of yeah. like, by the end of the season, we want to, you know, I want my time to drop from this to this. Yeah. Why do you, and I, I, I'm, an, I'm the same way. I think setting those really long-term things are important, but they can become intimidating very quickly yeah. and easy to say, you know what, I'm not going to get there. I'm just going to pack it in. In your mind like what's the importance of setting like hey we're not gonna you know we'll still have a vision for how we want the season to shake out yeah. well let's really focus on that like in the moment day to day let's get yeah. through this and you know today and then tomorrow we'll look at it why why do you feel like that is effective um or do you feel like that is effective uh, a tactic oh. as far as coaching especially in running
1: yeah no definitely i think that's a, probably um one of the most important tactics because at least especially I think across the board in any sport, however, like in running in general, like giving them that motivation to get through a tough practice or whether the practice is, it gives them something like when I finished practice today, I have accomplished this. Yeah. Like it wasn't, I just went to comp, I didn't just go to practice and oh yeah, we ran this or, oh yeah, we did those circuits or whatever. It was like, no, I was able to accomplish this, whatever my goal was, whether, you know, it is to get a certain time in an interval or, you know, Sometimes maybe the goal is just to finish, (laughs) you know, but whatever that goal is for each individual student, it's also what helps motivate them. It's also something like that gives you a focus, you know, when you go into a practice, especially if you've had those bad days and it's like, it takes away the focus from whatever was bothering you or whatever was happening earlier in the day or the weekend or whatever. And it gives you that focus to have during practice. So um, it keeps them moving forwards, essentially.
0: Yeah. And it ties into, you know, what I think we started the episode with is that idea that the, the competitors, you know, when they're not in season, it's hard to kind of make those benchmarks. And, and, you know, when you, when you're able to set those benchmarks, you feel like there's like, you know, speaking specifically to football, you right now, there's no season or there's like a seven on seven type thing going yeah. on, I think in, in the state, but whatever. Well, that's another episode. Um <laughs> But, you know, that idea that, hey, let's get here and then figure out what the next one is. And before you know it, after a week or two weeks of practice, you're like, holy crap, I accomplished something pretty exceptional. And it was just by that, like one focus, one day at a time, one practice at a time.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Again, we're on with Hilde Heck, athletic director at Lime Old Lime, schools in Connecticut, uh, Springfield College grad, running coach extraordinaire i didn't know you know a cooking extraordinaire too we're finding out today and it's just from all those dutch oven recipes from freshman camp back in the day so overall knocking it out in the kitchen on the track and in the office and uh, and crushing it here on the podcast what um (laughs) what are your thoughts on winter sports uh happen like right now fall most everything is outside Yeah. Where do you feel like it's going for winter where everything is crammed into small pack gymnasiums?
1: Yeah, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Pass. Um, Yeah, that seems to be like the question of the hour, right? Um, But like, I you know, it's become a joke where like people are like, hey, what do you think? Whether it was like back in the fall or back in March, like, hey, what do you think? And it's like... (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you want (laughs) to (laughs) hear?
1: Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I have no idea. But, you know, the CIEC came out with um, their scheduling um, stuff. Was it yesterday? Already, right? Yesterday. Um, And, like, what, you know, what their idea of what winter sports will look like. Um, And we do have a winter schedule. Um, What comes out of, I saw... Today on um, on Twitter, you know DPH is um, reviewing everything and going to meet with the CIAC to discuss like what these winter sports are going to look like and what protocols are going to be in place and all that. So um, it's kind of a waiting game right now. Um, I anticipate like if we do have um, you know basketball as a regular season, there won't be kind of like volleyball. There won't be spectators. Yeah. Um, you, you know, closed gym same type of sanitation stuff going on all the time, masks on and off courts, that kind of stuff. So um, I kind of foresee that kind of stuff happening. Um, I don't see them being like, hey, we're gonna have basketball season. Let's, you know, open it up for fans. And we don't, we don't need to worry about all that stuff that, you know, we just went through with the fall. So, um, but yeah, it is still kind of a waiting game right now. You know, we have a little over a month before we're there. And obviously. Things change by the minute around, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's kind of what I figured the answer was, but. Uh, yeah, you know. I know
1: it's kind of like, gosh, I wish I had more, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Trying to get some intel, some inside information. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: We're just gonna kind of put an asterisk next to everything right now, and it's like, yo. <laughs> Ending changes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. As a, a former competitive athlete, as a coach of a uh, former coach of competitive sports, the unknown is, is is brute. I couldn't imagine myself as an athlete going through. Like I hated in baseball, like oh, it's raining today. Are we going to play? So I can't imagine what these guys and gals are going through. Yeah. What what bit of advice or wisdom would you offer to coaches, athletes who are hoping to participate in a winter sports season
1: you know it's tough because you want to have all the answers for everybody too especially in like our roles as athletic directors it's like our job is always to have the answers and so like not having them is definitely challenging um but like just advice is like you know I joke about it all the time but it's true just right now remind people we're in a pandemic there's you know, people out there that are going through a lot more issues and problems than we have. And so for us, like, we just have to go with the flow right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to change and getting upset about stuff. It's really, it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, so like going with the flow, making the best of it, um, and trying to develop what you can and adjust in in your um, kind of world you know
0: (laughs) because right now
1: obviously the state it's it kind of all over the place or whatever but if we can make you know something happen here in our doors and you know in our school then that's our goal and that's what we should be looking forward to so
0: and that's in line with a a phrase we'll throw around a lot. Hey, control what you can control, right? All that other stuff is not, you know, if you can get upset about stuff that's out of your control, it's not going to change it.
1: Yeah, it's not. And it just, it makes, it frustrates you and everybody else. And it's, it's not worth it.
0: You know,
1: you can get upset about it, but like, you got to learn to let it go.
0: (laughs) That's it. Let it go. Cause it's not going to, you know, you can (laughs) complain about the rain on a Friday. It ain't going to stop raining because of it. So.
1: Nope. Exactly. All
0: right. So, Couple quick hitters here to wrap things up. Uh, as a as a middle school, high school student, uh, I'm sorry, as a middle school or a high school student, yeah, long many years ago, Hildy. Many, I was gonna say years.
1: I'm not sure I remember back that far, but we can try. <laughs> who
0: who was some someone that inspired you, and why?
1: Um, well, obviously, I you know I said it earlier. I loved my high school athletic director, um, and she definitely. Um, looking back at her was the person that I was like, I want, you know, I wanted to be like her. But I also had amazing high school coaches, um, all three. I, you know, I played field hockey um, for Janet Dickey over at Westbrook. And, you know, I had a couple of different um, basketball coaches in my career at Westbrook. Um, And each of them, you know, coached a little bit differently. And, you know, I took something different from each of them but like all my coaches too. looking back when I, you know, when a kid's having issues now with like, you know, coaching style or a method of things I look back and it's like, I had a lot of different, you know, coaching styles that I went through and I've, you learn to kind of take something from each of them. Yep. So motivation wise from any one of them, I would have to say, I honestly, I took something from all of them. Like, you know, so it's just like, it's, fun to have a lot of different people to look back on and be like hey i, I remember when we did that at the, during this time and it's like i'm using that in my life now and, and yeah, so yeah i i, I it kind of goes back to that whole multi-sport athlete thing having different coaches and having different ways of like learning things and um just com- competition wise and like going back to the motivation like seeing how different coaches motivate like you know, I look back at that and you, you see what worked for me and I try to install that in the way I coach and the way I lead and kind of how I've gotten developed, right?
0: Great, good answer, <laughs> good answer. What, what inspired, what currently inspires you to like be the best at that outside of like, obviously it's your job and your, your paycheck requires you, you know, to do a, a, a solid job. <laughs> what, what are some of those, we'll get rid of those, you know, those things everybody yeah. knows about those. What's yeah. something that currently inspires you to be the best, damn he'll be heck you can be as an athletic director
1: i mean as as you already know i'm kind of a workhorse as it is but i i love being out there and i love seeing our kids participating and being happy and having good coaches and them being happy is what's going to make our student athletes want to be there want to be participating wanting to be active so like for me i want to be the best so that i can have the best coaches so that our students have the best opportunity
0: Great. Awesome. Uh, your favorite two-parter, your favorite and your least favorite skill class at Springfield College. Oh.
1: <laughs> this is this is probably pretty easy because I had to get extra help in tennis.
0: Come I on. was so
1: bad. <laughs> yeah. Who has to get extra help in tennis? That was me. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> Awful at tennis. That. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I was literally I at one point thought I was going to fail tennis skill class because I was so bad.
0: Oh
1: no. <laughs> yep. But um. Yeah. So I, I one of the grad students actually, I'd be like, dude, you need to work with me. And I would literally after <laughs> I'd work with them so that I would actually get these skills so I could pass the class.
0: So she she passed all the you know anatomy and the the, the exercise physio all that stuff of Those are easy. But
1: tennis. didn't
0: graduate on t- No, I'm joking. Tennis class. Tennis, got in the way. Tennis
1: class, yeah. <laughs> tennis was a struggle. Um what,
0: what was your favorite?
1: Yeah. So I had coach Clacka for t- for track and field and absolutely loved it.
0: The man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: yep he was the man. <laughs> so yeah, it, I Actually enjoyed, yeah, you think, oh, having to run a seven-minute mile, you know, to get an A in the class. You're thinking, oh, well, that's going to suck, but he made it fun. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. What, what were your thoughts? I joked with Kim Longabuco, who's a Springfield grad. She's a principal uh, in Newtown. We She was on a while back. Gymnastics class to me. Looking oh. back, I don't know how they got away with T because I saw more necks get turned in ways that shouldn't, and they're, they're – <laughs> That was to, was my favorite and least favorite at the same time yeah. because it was hard. But then the unintentional humor that came from oh yeah, us having to go through the vault and yeah. all that st-
1: so much fun. Oh man! <laughs> and my my roommate was a gymnast, so yep. you know, sh- so I always I always heard the stories of you know Coach Raymond and like what was happening and what was going on. So, I mean, jumping into the foam pit and all that stuff. Who do, who couldn't love that stuff? But right. yeah, like some <laughs> of that stuff, like not like the goal of class was not to break it
0: <laughs> yeah pretty much like not not to get paralyzed in class like i i'm that shining moments like I do a floor routine i think was our final yeah. exam and like doing a cartwheel off of a balance beam like all right i, I did yeah. it once i don't have to do it anymore yeah, be like,
1: like i don't know if some of the bodies that were made to do that were ever supposed to be doing Yeah, that. no. But somehow it happened
0: <laughs> we got through it we got through it a book uh, or a movie or something that you've recently taken in that has, uh, you know, caught your attention, caught your eye.
1: I would have to say, I I just recently started up my leadership group again here at school and I revisit the Jeff Jansen books, you know, pretty regularly. Um, I like his leadership style and the books that he writes, I take a lot from. So, you know, with, with starting up my leadership group again this year, um, I recently just went back and I was revisiting a lot of his stuff. And uh, I highly recommend him, whether you, you know, use a lot of that stuff or even just take a couple things out of it. I do like a lot of the stuff that he puts out there.
0: Awesome. And last but not least, involvement in sports for high school athletes is important because.
1: I think it develops you like a lot differently than. Um, just, you know, attending an academic class all the time. You learn a lot more than just, you know, kicking a ball or, you know, shooting a ball. There's, you know, dealing with, um, you know, conflicts, persevering, losing. Um, You know, we all love to win and everyone's happy when you are winning. But like, I think you learn a lot from losing too. Um, And just like sportsmanship is like a huge thing here for me. Um, I'm always stressing it and we're talking about different ways to develop whether athletes or as the department. Um, so I think there's a lot more that you take out from it as well. So I think it's a, a athletics in general are important because you learn a lot more than just the sport.
0: Great. Awesome. Well, Hilde, thank you so much. I hope uh, the rest of the fall season, I'm going to knock on every piece of wood I can get here, but I hope the rest <laughs> yes. of the fall season, number one is, you know, leads to health and safety for the athletes, but I also, um, you know, wishing wishing you the best that the that uh, LOLHS takes that takes down a couple championships, the Shoreline Championships this year, <laughs> and uh, now really really appreciate you coming on with us uh, and for bringing some great insight to the Lead with Empower podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Awesome. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're
0: very <laughs> welcome. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure on this end as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the athletic director of Lyme Schools in Connecticut, Hildy Heck. She's crushing it down there great person. Uh, And if you need some running or cooking lessons, she's the one you want to reach out to. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe out there. Do something that I think keeps the ball moving forward, right? Let's get a a do something every day that gets us closer back uh, closer to that normal normalcy. We're all craving. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the lead with empower podcast. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders they are passionate about those that they lead, they do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them, and they never take the easy way out, because the exceptional will never come from easy.